Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, let's talk about cryptocurrency for a moment. Can we? Must we? Must we? We must. Okay. People got his fans ripped off because he had a very insecure account. Way to go, beeps. Um, that one was kind of funny. Uh, the Seth Green one is the one that's making the news right now. I'm sure you've seen that. Uh, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah, something about he was going to base a show on some NFT that he owned and it got stolen or something like that. I, I, I so just don't give a shit about NFTs anymore. <laughs> I really well, just like people it, do. If you're trying to base your business model or your finances on NFT, you're a fucking moron. And you're an asshole. I, I'm yeah, sorry. You're just kind of an asshole. <laughs> We're going to move greater fool theory to greater asshole theory pretty soon here. GFT for NFT. Yes, that's it. GFT for NFT. So yeah, the Seth Green one, he had a bored ape that he had named and was building an animated show around. Mm-hmm. And... For days, it had been gone from his account. It took him a week to notice right. and then started tweeting about it and would like it back. But uh, the, the person who has it now, apparently it was stolen, then transferred and then rebought. Uh, so, yeah, good luck. If Seth, only like, you I, still couldn't base a show on a drawing that anybody can look at. Well, he had the rights to it. That was the thing. When he had the if NFT, only he, he had the rights. only purchase a different fucking stupid thing to base it on. I think it's already been produced is the problem, Oopsies. which I bet is what happened. Yeah. But like hey, look, you, we uh, know that they can fix it. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you know, how different is this from when you do your entire show, but you forgot to buy the domain? You can figure something out. You can or figure something up. out. or <laughs> That's what they usually figure out. <laughs> yes. Thanks to those many vacations I took to people who did not secure their domain before they started a TV show. Looking at you, UPN. Yeah. Yeah, he's not getting it back, but he lost the... Uh, well, he might get it back. Who the fuck knows? Who cares? Who really cares? But he gets what he deserves. He's building a show around an NFT. You yeah, and speaking of uh, basing your business around crypto and whatnot, the darling of the market, uh, Coinbase, is having a mm-hmm. rough time. Yes, they are pausing hiring amid plummeting the plummeting crypto market. Uh, so they have frozen hiring for two weeks, although it will honor offers that have already been sent and put new projects on hold. It is also reportedly trying to reduce how much it spends on hosting services. So, you know, cut costs when your income is decreasing rapidly, um, along with not hiring as many people as it expected. They're looking to minimize employee attrition. Now, their plan for this is we're going to give you more of our shares. Coinbase's stock has dropped over 75% in the last six months and is on a downward trajectory still. So, you know, thanks. Sure, (laughs) sure. Appreciate it, buddies. It's interesting that they're they're worrying about their hosting costs. It's not like they're YouTube, you know? That's that's a strange one. Yeah. I, Hmm. I mean, I guess you need the backups for the apps and the traffic and the, you know, concurrent hits and all that sort of stuff. You're probably... Oh, it's not a small thing to run. No, no. But, you know, that's just one of the weird things. It's like, okay, how much did you overspend on hosting? (laughs) Come on. a couple AWS buckets and forget (laughs) to secure them like everybody else. Exactly. Come on. (laughs) It's the 2020s. I want to talk about for one second, though, this Freaking argument that everybody in crypto says that it's just like the web was when the web was new. Cryptocurrency is over 10 years old now. 
the web when it was 10 years old. Oh my God, Brian, what had we done at that point? All, uh, I mean, everything. It's, it, it's <laughs> incomparable. It's incomparable, the two. Yeah. The web is, you know, the force of change for the entire planet. What is crypto? It's a scam run by a bunch of kids. And the one thing that they kept saying that crypto would be good for, you know, is in times of economic downturn, et cetera, et cetera, because it's not tethered to a dollar or any kind of real money or anything except hopes and dreams and prayers and thoughts. <laughs> uh, it proved not to be any good for that either, because as soon as we started to have signs of recession, guess what tanked? Crypto. So yeah, because it's all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But what isn't bullshit, Brian, is a great story I heard from our friend Brian Blondell. Mm -hmm. So I apparently missed out on this when I left Illinois. But remember the Facebook class action lawsuit against facial recognition and biometrics? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Everybody got a cool couple bucks. Yeah, well, it was more than a couple bucks because Brian's sister got in on it and she got $390. I, I've never gotten more than 15 bucks out of a class action. That's awesome. I got a hundred not too long ago, but it was it was basically a refund, so it didn't really count. I think it was one hundred and one dollars, so I got that one dollar extra bump. <laughs> so, in you know what normal people do in the Midwest when you get a windfall, you head to the casino. It, so yeah, that explains a lot. Yep, she went to the <laughs> casino and started uh, playing the. I, I don't know if it was video poker or just it looks a slot machine. I, we have a photo of it, and she she played for a little while, and then boom. $5,927.53 later, she left the casino a happy woman. So that's the, the the moral of this story is she didn't buy crypto with her payout. She just bet <laughs> on, she put her zuck bucks on black and she walked out a winner. Congratulations. In the news. What, are, what comes home to roost, Brian, when... Uh, is it the, the it's not the cows coming home to roost that would that would be a very chickens. weird visual chickens chase it's the chickens yeah. okay couldn't remember if the chicken the crows well i believe uber's chickens are coming home to roost it seems maybe kinda i i'm always reticent to to say anything because of the john oliver skit we got them <laughs> yeah it looks like uh, looks like they they might be finally coming to grips with the fact that it's just not going to work uh, CEO Daria Kosrashawi uh, sent out a memo the other day uh, where he says, it's clear that the market is experiencing a seismic shift and we need to react accordingly. We will absolutely have to do more with less. And uh, so it just goes on to basically say that they're going to be pivoting into food deliveries and freight mm -hmm. because it's really hard to move a bunch of people around a city and make a profit on it, it turns out. It's astonishing to me that they're actually admitting it all, but they don't really have much of a choice at this point. Um, you know, everything that you and I have said about Uber the entire time that we've been screaming about Uber has all entirely 1000 uh, percent come true. So we were right. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a very great article, uh, The Decade of Cheap Rides is Over, over at Slate that gets super in-depth into Uber's business model. Um, it explains... They have one? The, the bullshit that it all was. <laughs> okay. uh, it's the, the article starts by talking about how there was the, you know, the car-sharing models that were immediately preceded Uber and mustachioed Lyft and all that, Zipcar and Car2Go that tried to disrupt automobile ownership first. And the main reason that they all went out of business was Uber, because all of a sudden Uber swept in and getting a door-to-door -door ride was 
cheaper than and more convenient than renting a car yourself. I will I will back that up. Zip I had a Zipcar account until Uber came out in San Francisco. But yeah. But as we pointed out at the time, Uber's prices were artificially low. They were taking a loss based on the $30 billion of investment that they had that allowed them to basically create a long runway to operate below actual costs. So they've never made any money. And the reason that they ran below costs and operated that way was to drive everybody else out of business. And then once they had the monopoly, guess what's going to happen? Prices are going to rise. Average user Uber prices rose 92% between 2018 and 2021, according to data from Rakuten. A separate analysis reports an increase of 45% between 2019 and 2022. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're basically saying this is the equivalent of what economists are calling the end of free money as interest rates finally are starting to rise. It's, the problem is it's been a decade. They've had a decade to train people to get them out of the habits of having their own cars or taking public transportation or all the other systems. It's trained our cities and our governments who have stopped putting money into and funding public transportation systems. And now we're stuck with this bullshit system and rising prices. Thanks, Uber. But we have scooters. We got scooters, though. Come on. Do <laughs> uh, we have scooters? You know, when I first came into Toronto, I saw quite a few. And um, I mean, obviously, you know, during the winter, no, there's no scooters. But they haven't seemed to come back. Uh, like the, you know, everything else in spring. We've got birds back. We've got plants back. I have yet to see a scooter. So I don't know if we have scooters anymore. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, well, you know. It's about time. Yeah. 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 We waited long yeah. enough. So GTFO. now we've driven we've driven taxi companies out of business. We've driven any competition out of business. We've driven any alternative models out of business. We've destroyed our city infrastructure. We've gotten rid of public transportation. Uh, and uh, now we're stuck with very expensive Ubers and incredible amount of congestion in downtown city cores. Yay. But it, that worked but out well. Yeah. <laughs> But yes. you, you know, we have to, you have to look at this though as one of the greatest redistributions of wealth in history. That's uh, all you have yeah. to look at it as, right? Yeah. You know, and That's I was true. thinking about this. It's like how many Saudis put in a lot of money into Uber that have lost that money. You know, it's a very clever way to you know try <laughs> try and get reparations for nine eleven, but very slowly <laughs> and under the table. I'm just saying that there are other ways to to skin a cat. If only the Saudis would have been as smart as most of the initial investors in Uber, your Tim Ferrises and whatnot that got out early and pocketed all the cash. Exactly. So we'll yeah. see how that works out with the Saudis who are buying into Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. And speak, speaking of things that are working out real well for everybody, injury rates of Amazon delivery contractors climbed 40% last year, according to new reports. So this is mm. the third-party delivery network that has been put together by Amazon. Sometimes you get the Amazon van dropping you off. Sometimes it's just a white label van that you could have gotten rented from public storage or whatever with some dude driving it, dropping that's off the packages. That's most of them. Yep, that's most of them these days. That's right, because you know what? Cheaper and not owned by Amazon. Yep. Outsourced. Outsourced. <laughs> so uh, the Strategic Organization Center, or SOC, has been uh, compiling data about this, and the rate of injuries have increased dramatically between 2020 and 2021. There was nearly one injury per five full-time equivalent workers in 2021, which is an incident rate of 18.3. The Bureau of Labor Statistics' most recent incident rate averaging among all couriers and express delivery services is just 7.5 per 100. So uh, the Amazon drivers are doing considerably worse than everybody else that's in this industry. 
Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lawsuit being filed by one company earlier this year, which in a sense to near complete control by Amazon without the e-commerce giant providing required safeguards. DSP drivers are regularly monitored by Amazon through the company's Mentor app. Isn't that a nice name mm-hmm. for it? And surveillance cameras installed inside vehicles. According to one driver in Indianapolis that the SOC spoke to in March, Amazon uses a system of scores that rank drivers against their own coworkers' gamification in terms of mm-hmm. delivery speed and completion rate. The driver said she knew of 15 drivers who were terminated for not meeting Amazon performance demands. So, yes, there's aggressive time limits that could rarely be safely met. That's normal. Amazon, of course, says this report cherry picks data from less than 10% of our delivery partners to tell an inaccurate and misleading story. Mm -hmm. Safety is a priority across our network, which is why we've rolled out technology like I like how they changed surveillance camera to innovative camera systems that have helped lead to an overall reduction (laughs) in accident rates of nearly 50%. And we'll keep investing in new safety tools. So, yeah. Uh, I, so I want to call bullshit on that. I want to call bullshit <laughs> on that reduction of accident rates by fifty percent. That is well, we just saw that's bullshit. not true. We just saw yeah. it's not true according to the other reports. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, the, I, you knew those cameras. Once those cameras went in, we we said it that it was going to be bad, and now we yeah. have numbers to prove it. Well, and it's it's worse than that. Uh, Bloomberg notes many of these DSP operators are veterans, retirees, first time business owners, and neophytes to the logistics business. So they're mm-hmm. people that know how to drive and need a gig. This is gig economy again. Here we are. Awesome. Yep. And and some of the people that I know, I know one person that was actually getting ready to spin up their own little DSP outfit because she was driving for she was she actually was a sole operator with her own van. And mm-hmm. the way that they the way that they put the numbers out there where they will subsidize you know your new vans for you, and you just yeah. kind of you just basically you know sell yourself into indentured servitude to to Amazon for a couple of years, but that, you know, that's their way of outsourcing is to give you the tools to do it and not give you any support. It's the exact same model that John, speaking of John Oliver, as we did earlier, that John Oliver talked about with trucks just a couple episodes back, right? Like mm-hmm. we'll help you get the truck, then we'll charge you outrageous fees. Oh, and we'll charge you exit fees if you want to get out of this program. Yeah. I didn't so see that stuck. episode because my app doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, for everybody that uh, has quit their jobs and wants to work from home or wants to just travel around the country while they're working, uh, it's gotten a little bit easier for you. Starlink launches a satellite internet service for RVs. Okay. Yeah. This is a new product meant specifically for RV dwellers and those who can't wait to get connected to the satellite internet service. Right now, you would have to, for a regular account, you would have to apply and you will be put on a wait list. You'll probably get on the true social quicker uh, until 2023. <laughs> probably. But you will be able to get Starling for RVs immediately and will ship out to buyers right now. The downside is your network resources are always deprioritized and the service costs 135 bucks, which is $25 more than a regular connection. Also, in addition to the deprioritization, which means slow and intermittent congested areas and peak hours, uh, mm-hmm. you cannot use it while your RV is driving. So if there well, are two the of you and of that? one person is driving, <laughs> you can't work. <laughs> okay. And just to prove how many stupid people are out there, SpaceX chief Elon Musk also added on Twitter that the dish is too big for cars, although that did not stop at least one user from bolting it onto their vehicle's hood. Yeah, I saw that one. That was great. (laughs) That one was great. (laughs) Fucking Mad Max out there, I swear to God. I'm telling you, every day, every day. 
Oh, guess who's back, man? Adam Newman is back. Or Neumann. Uh-huh. Newman. Yes. Neumann. And he's back with the blockchain, Brian. Because why I not? I saw this. Yes. Why not? Why not? Oh, my God. It's perfect for his personality. Oh, he's on brand. Yep. He's definitely on brand. So let, let, let's, let's break this down. He's got blockchain scam, yep. carbon yep. credits, bigger yep. scam, believe yep. it or not. Yeah. And he's got an investment. He's got $70 million. Why does he need $70 million who, in investment? Who keeps giving him money? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what, I mean. Have they what? not looked at a paper? <laughs> have they not watched I, the, the show with Anne, the delightful Anne Hathaway? I, she was delightful in that. I only got halfway through before I hate stopped watching it, but... <laughs> Doesn't he have enough money that after he built, you know, the investors for WeWork out of how much? How many well, billions did he walk away with? Uh, the, the one, well, I mean, one can argue that he is an incredibly smart man because look at all the money he's built out of people time and time again. Yeah. But again, being never on brand and being own, smart, yeah. you never spend your own money, Jason. You find somebody else's money to spend. Yeah, I should, I and should. Then you bilk him out of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So carbon okay. credits on the chain coming, coming soon to a. Uh, Nowhere near you because it's going to fail miserably. <laughs> Other than the press release that was put out about it, I have seen probably about a hundred articles discussing it, and every single one has the word "scam" in the headline. So yeah. I don't know how well this is going to do. Uh, wonder if they can get their seventy million back. It's probably a bit too late. It's been it's been put on the blockchain, Jason. Uh, I think we talked about this story a while back. Uh, it was uh, everybody wanted to get access to Facebook's political ad targeting data, or at least researchers did, because they, you know, kind of yep. wanted to see what happened when Trump won that election and what was going mm-hmm. on. And uh, <clears throat> they never did it, but now they're going to. Apparently, they're finally going to open up a little bit and peel back the curtain and let researchers see something. And here we go with acronyms. I gotta love this. Researchers who are part of the company's Facebook Open Research and Transparency Program, or FORT. Yay. So they're going to give researchers a bunch of targeted data. Uh, let's see. But the information was only available for pol- political ads during a three-month period before the 2020 election. So you can have some data, but not the data that you actually want and is really interesting. I can imagine the coder, the coders that you know put these systems together are like, do not let anybody near this stuff. Okay, yes. We'll, we'll give them this little bit. And we'll cherry pick it. Yeah, that's why you only get three months now, because they're busy scrubbing the rest to make it palatable. Yes, the one time that delete actually will mean delete. <laughs> it's true. Facebook. Yep. Oh, that and Mark Zuckerberg's uh, Messenger account. That was that was a oh, yeah. delete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Walmart is expanding drone delivery service across six states now. So they've been uh, testing it out for a while. They're going to expand. By the end of the year, the retailer plans to add 34 sites to its existing drone-up network. That's a good name, too. Uh, So this will reach approximately 4 million households in Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Texas, Utah, and Virginia that will have access to drone delivery now for a delivery fee of 4 bucks, You can order up to 10 pounds of groceries and household items. I don't know about you, but other than potatoes, I don't usually measure out my groceries by poundage. That's that's one of the games from Guy's Grocery Games. So now you can can play (laughs) Watch Your Weight and and drone spotting (laughs) at the same time. Yeah, and if you use the service, Walmart says to expect your package in as little as 30 minutes. Notably, they did not make the Domino-style guarantee. Yeah, yeah, and there's no outer boundary on that as well. (laughs) 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and it's time to fuel up with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor Fresh's never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day that you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Step into a world of endless culinary delight with over 35 enticing meal options and over 60 tantalizing add-ons refreshed weekly. This may supercharge your wellness journey with dietitian approved dishes built on ingredients you can count on. Treat your taste buds every day from sunrise to sunset with effortless nutritious choices, spanning from energizing breakfasts to delectable desserts. Indulge in the luxury of restaurant-caliber meals right at home. Savor the sophistication of filet mignon, the freshness of shrimp, and the bold flavors of blackened salmon. Simplify your life with Factor Meals, ready in just two minutes. Say goodbye to grocery runs, tedious prep, and cleanup. I love these things. I can't even tell you what I had this week because I had so many of them. But that's the great thing about Factor. Every week you have new options, and they're delicious. And you can tailor your eating experience with six specialized menu options. Whether you're looking to cut calories, boost protein, go meat-free, or maintain a well-rounded diet, they make it easy to support your lifestyle goals. Tune in to taste, convenience, and wellness with every bite. Head to factormeals.com grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? 
Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Media Candy. It has been a week of comedy documentaries, Brian. Yes, it has. First up, Kids in the Hall, Comedy Punks. I saw this drop, which is surprising. This this dropped, I believe, after the first season, or at least they 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 bubbled it up to me after the first season of the new reboot came out. Um, and since I was so un, uninspired by the new reboot, I fought, figured I'd watch this and relive some of the old Kids in the Hall. Right. And fantastic documentary. I love the documentary. And what I realized is I don't remember a goddamn thing about Kids in the Hall. So my review could have been completely off. It was all a very long time ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of initially questioned the timing as well. You'd think they would have dropped this first to build up the anticipation for the show. Maybe they mm -hmm. knew that in comparison to their old work, the new show wasn't so good. So maybe not do that. I don't know what the thought process behind it was. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go back and watch some of the old stuff before I dive into the the rest of the new season. I'm going to finish the new season, but I want to go back and just kind of wrap my head around my old memories of Kids in the Hall because I'm I'm guaranteed from watching the documentary they are absolutely nothing like I thought they were. Oh, I mean, I swear to God, I still, in, in the back of my mind, when I hear Boot to the Head, I think it's the Kids in the Hall, but it's not. No, so, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Uh, and then we got George Carlin's American Dream, which was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I uh, stayed up way too late last night finishing it because it was so goddamn good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I started the way I did it. I did Kids in the Hall episode, like, because they were all in parts. So I did part one of Kids in the Hall, then then George Carlin's did part one of that, did both of those in one night, which was kind of cool to watch them back to back. Mm -hmm. Then the next day, I just did George Carlin because it was just so damn good. I had to go right back to it and yeah, stayed I up thought, way too late. I thought it was great. Uh, I tangentially kind of knew a little bit about George Carlin pre-super angry 90s George Carlin and, you know, mm -hmm. late 80s, 90s George Carlin. Uh, but it was really awesome to the whole first uh, episode is is like, you know, George Carlin I did not grow up with because I did yeah. not know and I was too young. And it was really interesting to see how he got to where he was in his journey. And then the second half both infuriated me and made me so deeply, incredibly sad because nothing has changed like nope <laughs> that that was all done 20 years ago it's all exactly the same nothing's been fixed everything that he's talking about you could he, you could go up on a stage right now and say the goddamn exact same things everything mm -hmm. it's so frustrating <laughs> yep well yeah. i mean it was so frustrating that it, it really turned him into just somebody that was just completely and utterly bitter about the human race. It was really, really kind of, it really bummed me out how he just kind of went down that really, really dark hole near the end. Yeah, I like, well, you know, it, it's, that's it's kind of true though. He was, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, individuals are great, but when you get people in a group, they tend to suck. They mm -hmm. do tend to suck. Yep. Uh, then last night I, I stayed up and I watched uh, the Ricky Gervais special, mm -hmm. Supernature. Did uh -huh. you get a chance to watch this one? I have not watched this yet. Okay. Um, I will say that Ricky is in fine form. Um, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. 
Yeah, so. I, I hear some some trans people are pissed at him, but comedian. So comedian, yeah. 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 And, and the trans jokes were pretty funny because he explains at the beginning that he how he's going to use humor and irony throughout the entire piece, and he does. And of course, some people are going to get pissed off. Whatever. You know, some, I, I have not watched it, but something funny related to this kind of happened. I am friends with somebody on Facebook that is, I mean, kind of tries to hide it and deny it, but is definitely a Trumpite. And I don't know why I'm still friends with this person on Facebook, because I try to cut that shit out of my life. But he's there and he posts occasionally and he considers himself, you know, he likes to just say, I'm just joking and trolling, but you're not joking and trolling you believe that crap and you know mm -hmm. he's all like cancel culture every oh we just come for everybody and, and he posted something like wow ricky gervais's special was only out for four hours on netflix and he's already been booted off of twitter and it took me exactly three seconds to look at twitter and see that ricky gervais has not been booted off twitter to which i then replied to his post no he hasn't and then he said Oh, I'm surprised it's it's taking them that long to kick anybody off that says anything bad about anybody. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. What's the point yeah. <laughs> in posting something that says that that is blatantly not true? And then I realized, oh, that's what they all do. They all just post things that are blatant lies. So there you go. Oh yeah, you just pull out pull pull out what you think you want to happen. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. I'm like this is easily provable. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> uh, what else is easily provable? Is somebody feed Phil season five is now out? I'm going to take my time. I think. Yeah, I I was considering watching an episode and I was like, not in the mood. Need 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 a little bit of good vibe in my heart first. You, know, you gotta stoke the yeah. fire a bit. You know what I mean? So don't watch Ricky Gervais first then. Okay. <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> just saying. Don't watch that first. It's a good show, but I don't think I left it feeling like a beat about the world and humanity. Uh, well Gervais like, isn't either. Yeah, Gervais and Carlin have yeah. a lot in common. Very much in common. Yes, mm -hmm. a hell of a lot in common. They're very similar. Very similar, except George Carlin was a hell of a lot funnier. I mean, yes. Ricky Gervais is funny, but George Carlin, come on. No comparison. Um, I did try uh, Phil's new podcast that you talked about. The first mm -hmm. one was okay. The second one was, um, uh, they were going to talk about that Everything Everywhere movie, so I couldn't couldn't listen to it because I still want to see that really badly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking, I, I mean, it was it wasn't... I had a hard time with it because they were eating. I think I can't. I can't take that. Yeah, you can hear you them know? chewing and lip smacking and forks on plates, and yeah, I, no, I figured that my, might drive you a little wild. My misophonia is even just thinking about it acting up, and my back is tightening up. So no, I think I'm going to end up passing on on that <laughs> podcast. Uh, it could have been good. Could have been good. Um, here's something that might be good: Westworld season four. They dropped the trailer for it. Um. I it doesn't need to be to made. Remember how but... it ended? <laughs> See, that's the problem. It didn't end very well because they finished it during the lockdown. Right. And it was it was a really bad CGI fight at the end. And, oh, right. Right. You know, right. it it was just it wasn't a good ending, I thought. I can't but I have to I have to say I feel like the show has ran run its course. I, I don't want or need any more. I know, but the trailer looked kind of good. All right, I was kind of I was kind of intrigued by the trailer. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's not a lot on right now. I just watched Candy on on Hulu. We should tell you that how how close to the bottom of the barrel I'm scraping, right? Um, which actually was pretty good, by the way. I kind of recommend it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to give Westworld a shot. I think uh, I'm going to give him a pass on that ending just because it was COVID and it was. Don't forget, it's a changing of the guard. 
the Nolans are out. Right. And we have a new crew taking over. So it, it might be worth sticking your toe in just to see how they're going to treat the world. Right. Might be worth it. Just saying. Okay. Uh, I watched The Bad Guys. It's the new DreamWorks movie out, uh, animated for kids. Um, my ah, that's my why son loves my son loves this book series. There's like 15 of them, and this mm. is the first movie being made. Um, it's it was very clever, very funny. Uh, the soundtrack is actually awesome. It's very like old school, heisty, like 1960s style music. So it's it's really really well done. Very very great soundtrack. Um, very funny movie. I. You know, if you got to watch a kid's movie, this is a good one. So I, I thoroughly okay. enjoyed it. So it wasn't bad. And a little nose to uh, make us upset again, Jason. Uh, Sirius okay. XM has bought uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast and media company for $150 million. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. yeah, it's a five-year talent agreement to keep hosting his podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. In addition to some of the other shows that he produces under his uh, banner name. Uh, get this. To, they have a staff of around 50 producing mm -hmm. about four or five podcasts. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> he did well, have a great I mean, line at the end because I do love him. He's funny. When I started mm -hmm. in television, my ultimate goal was to work my way up to radio. O'Brien. So. <laughs> there he goes. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, yeah, I can see 50 people for, you know, multiple shows like that. See, if you do a podcast right and you get big money, it does take a staff. Not just two guys and a couple microphones, you know? So you're but saying we need to hire people. We need to hire fast. We need 48 people. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> 47 and a half. Bittner counts as a half. But we're outsourcing. No benefits. And we're paying you No benefits. Ups and doodads. Brian, we've talked about time zone converters and mm -hmm. meeting schedulers a lot on this show. And uh, what was that conversion site that uh, we talked about that you were a big fan of? Oh, God. Or maybe I was, can't remember. I th it was might have been the calculator site. I uh, think so. I think it was a calculator site. Yeah, because I use a time calculator from there for client billing. But I found this one, which is the greatest visualization of time I've ever seen. It's called Every Time Zone. If you just want at a glance to find out what time it is anywhere in the world quickly, <laughs> uh, this is the greatest. It's just so simple. Uh, I haven't seen anything this good. Have you? Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of a, anything where I would need to know anytime anywhere in the world. And generally, I what I <clears throat> what I do most of the time is I just use my on my phone. I've got, you know, a couple different time zones set up on my clock. So that mm -hmm. that's great for everything that I need. But yeah, if, if there's some obscure thing and you can actually remember this website to bring up at the time. Perfect. I made a bookmarklet for it so I can pop it up because uh, I deal with part of my thing is dealing with contractors who are around the world. They are, mm -hmm. you know, VAs and things like that. And they're all over the place. So I never know who's where. So it's easy for me to look up real quick to find out if they're sleeping or not. That's all I need mm -hmm. to know. Is it <laughs> is it three in the morning over there? OK, then I won't then I won't hit, uh, you know, the notify anyway link on messages. <laughs> but right. Which is my favorite to use. I love I love seeing, like, when I text somebody, it says, this notification has been muted. Would you like to alert them anyway? I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm calling. Answer, bitch. <laughs> so I wish they had that button. That'd be much better. But they Answer, bitch. Yeah. I got a little grippy follow-up after talking mm -hmm. last week about my grip trainer. I was doing, a, you know, a lot of the grip stuff with it, and I noticed I was getting the claw hand. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, when you work out, you generally work out the 
antagonizing muscles when you're when you're doing it. So if you're doing one way, you do the other. If you're doing a curl, you do a press. Blah blah blah. Exactly. And I'm like, well, what the hell do you do with your hands? I found out. I got the four pieces hand therapy, finger stretcher, four levels, hand resistance bands, hand therapy for arthritis, carpal tunnel, and post-surgery recover, finger exerciser for guitar and rock climbing. I love that. Guitar and rock climbing. (laughs) You know, alternatively, you just put out your palm uh, up and then you take your other hand and you push down on your fingers. So that kind of does it too. It's not as good. Trust me, it's, it's not the same. This thing is hard. I got I got two sets of them so I could do them in parallel because one of the things that I have to deal with is trying to make my body uh, symmetrical again so right. I don't look like a freak walking down the street. So do I'll do all my exercises in parallel. So I got two sets of these things. And even on level one, I can only do like 15 reps before my hands are like on fire. Try that right. with just putting your hand on. It doesn't work as well. So for $4.99 a set, well worth it, I think. One of your cheaper purchases. Yeah. It is. It is. Well, let's move on to one of my not-so-cheaper purchases. <laughs> uh, for my birthday last year, I got myself the Sennheiser HD 650s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a set of headphones, um, but they're open-back. They're open-back yeah. headphones, which I'd never had before. For the work that I do, which is very detail-oriented with audio, I need you know very controlled a very controlled situation to listen with my headphones. These were not it because you can hear everything around you. It's why I'm not wearing my Sennheisers right now. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, because you did. And then it, like, it would basically come through the microphone because they were so yes. loud. And so I never used them. They sat in a drawer. I was I'm like, OK, they were when I bought them, they were four hundred and eleven dollars and eighty eight cents after mm-hmm. tax. Uh, now you can get them for three forty thirty three. And I bring them back up again because since I had that new office it was quiet enough in there. I could actually use them now. Right. They are extremely comfortable for long-term wear with glasses. Yes. That's why I'm, I'm bringing them back up because I have to wear glasses all day and I have to edit with headphones all day. And the ones that everybody uses that I'm on right now, listening to you with right now, the Sony MDR7506s that everybody mm-hmm. uses uh, sucks if you have glasses. They're terrible if you have glasses. Yeah, I can't wait to get these things off my head. Yeah, so if you have... Uh, if you have glasses in a very quiet room and want some really nice headphones and have way too much money to spend, I recommend the Sennheiser HD 6500s or 650s, although I believe the 660s are out now. But either way, I was I was surprised. They're phenomenal for music listening as well. Absolutely phenomenal. I remember Magic Leap. Mm-hmm. Kind of, sort of. Oh, I totally remember. They They had their awesome promo video of a big whale jumping up in the middle of nowhere and splashing water. Speaking of middle of nowhere, yeah. that's Magic Leap. Vaporware. <laughs> well, not quite, Brian. Not quite. Remember, they did release the Magic Leap 1. So there was an actual product. It used to mm-hmm. sell for $2,300. But if you have <laughs> your own uh, museum of the internet that you want to stock with hardware, might I recommend picking up a Magic Leap 1 right now? Because you can have it for the low, low price of $550. $550, you say? Yes. That's a not not such a bad a bad discount until you realize it is no longer in development there will be no new apps for it and basically you are buying a very cute sci-fi looking paperweight so uh when you ordering one i'm not i'm not kidding (laughs) almost (laughs) trust me if it it was 55 dollars, i'd have bought it in a heartbeat but 550 bucks is a little ridiculous you got them sitting around why not see if you can offload them Somebody's going to buy this crap. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, just take it and part it. You know, makers will buy these things and see if they can, you know, pull it out, reverse engineer it, make something fun out of it. If I was a maker, I'd totally be buying these things. They're pivoting, right? Didn't they pivot to some sort of B2B kind of thing? We're going to do like construction and, and, you know, doctors and all that sort of crap. And has any of that even happened? Uh, not yet. They, okay. Well, you, you know, you know what happened? The the press release happened. Right. And, which is uh, which is what Magic Leap is good at. They're really good at press releases and raising money. I was hoping for a big video of like a heart exploding in the air in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that would be great. Like some doctor dropping the Magic Leap fifty two <laughs> model or whatever the hell they're going to try to market. So they're good at press releases and videos. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna try and bridge the enterprise market with the telemedicine market with the first person shooter market. So the surgeons are basically going to have six shooters and they have to shoot the cancer off the virtual heart. I think that's how they're going to they're going to position this new app. Awesome. Apparently just get any 18 to 21 year old disaffected male in the society and that's what I mean. Tell them it's a school and they'll 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 nail it. Off you go. Off you you go. Go Go save the world. So cure cancer. (laughs) All right. So the uh, consolidation across the gaming industry is continuing. Take two now owns Zynga. That is a phrase that has next to no meaning to me, but $12.7 billion <laughs> sure does. <laughs> and that's what uh, that's yes, what it is involved. So uh, this is uh, what it was. Rockstar Games and 2K uh, are now under Take Two's umbrella along with Zynga. As a result of the deal, Take Two now has a bigger stable of well known mobile and casual gaming franchises, including that one that you used to play five years ago and nobody plays anymore Words with Friends. So I'm sure that oh, was worth yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> oh, my God. So I looked this up. I wanted to see because I knew Mark Pincus. He was the, the guy that founded Zynga back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew him when he ran Tribe.net. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Vaguely, yeah. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, it was in between Friendster and Facebook right. somewhere in that same time frame. I was at Technorati back then. I, I remember guy, I remember just nice seeing guys. a lot of notifications like, join my tribe. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fun while it lasted. Wasn't there another the short, one called Path terms? for a while? And it was always, follow my path. And I also said, no. Path. <laughs> See, Path was the first one, I believe, that had the 50 user limit. So you could, you know, you wouldn't hit that Dunbar number. Uh, but it was, I liked it because I thought the design was awesome. They did a great job with the design on it. But yeah, it, uh, that, that, it lasted longer than it should have. Right. I remember that. Um, but as you were putting in this news of, about Zynga, just, uh, you know, out of the side of my mouth, I'm like, well, shit, he's going to have any fucking Sid Meier's news? Because what is it with these old gaming companies that you're putting in here? And because Sid Meier did, he's a Canadian, you're one of your hometown boys. Now, um, he created Civilization. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, okay, funny Civilization. And I just did a quick Google search and there was Sid Meier's news that was actually relevant to the story you posted. I'm like, well... Isn't that silly? Take-Two had actually bought the rights to Civilization a long time ago mm-hmm. from uh, Infogrames. I, I thought it was Infogames, but I don't know if this is a bad misspelling. Right. Uh, whatever. Uh, so they bought the rights for that a long time ago. And then somewhere along the way, they picked up the company that Sid Meier worked for. So Take-Two now owns Sid Meier, Civilization, and Farmville. Go figure. Well. Yeah, they got it all. They love that turn-based thing. They just love the turn-based thing. Yeah. And uh, there's more gaming news. Sims 4. You know, I remember playing Sims briefly. Feels like 100 years ago now. You'd think that they would be beyond uh, beyond a fourth one at this point. Should be like Sims 75. Yeah. But they're at Sims 4. Uh, they are 
Adding an inclusivity feature to The Sims 4, starting today, you'll be able to customize the pronouns of your Sims. They say it's one step in the direction of a more inclusive experience for Simmers. A screenshot of the feature suggested players will be able to enter whichever pronouns they prefer into text boxes. The settings show how the pronouns will work in context too. Example, he, she, they would like a grilled cheese. They worked with Glad. GFY would like a grilled cheese? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think this is totally fine. I, I think it's hilarious and that it actually yeah. seems to be upsetting people that don't care that their children get shot up. But, you know, pick your battles, I guess. Be mad about this. I'm just surprised The Sims hasn't come out saying that, you know, they're a metaverse because they I kind guess, of are, you know, they are. Yeah. Yeah. By, uh, with the with the definitions people are throwing around nowadays, they certainly are. And it certainly works better than Meta's version. Yeah. You, I, I think you get pants in The Sims. Yeah. Plus. And legs. Yeah. Whole thing. Uh, So Gordy wrote in, I read an article that says keeping your apps running in the background on an iPhone is more efficient than closing them. I was wondering what your take on this is. It also brings to mind the my phone is listening to me. Even though the apps are sandboxed from each other, can they still sniff network traffic on the phone when running in the background? I always clear apps after use. Your opinions. Brian, I would like to welcome you to our new segment. Let me Google that shit for you. (laughs) So. Uh, so he was wondering what our take is on this. Our take doesn't matter. Let's just get to the facts, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Uh, background app refresh will will wake up an app that has gone to sleep and get data from it. You can toggle that. You can turn it off. It can't read app data from other apps. It's not on all the time. It just wakes up to do a few things, goes back to sleep. If you don't have that on for that app, it's it's asleep. It's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So you have to let it let it do its thing. So, But it can't do anything that it normally wouldn't normally be able to do. Um, and as far as closing your apps, no, you don't do that. You don't need to do that. It's actually wrong to do that. Wrong emic, wrong instinct to do that because every time you close it, you have to open it back up. It has to reload. It has to reestablish network connections, load history, check state, all that crap every single time you reopen it after you close it. So... Don't close your apps because once they're closed, they're asleep. They're not taking up resources and it's faster to open them because they come back from a sleep state. So, Gordy, I hope you liked your journey down the first inaugural episode of Let Me Google That Shit For You. I still close all my apps. I don't know why. I just do. Habit. Security? All right. How you doing, Dave? Ready to get into this? I'm doing all right. Yep. Cool. I'm I'm already in my Obi-Wan robe with my lightsaber. I, I'm in my 24-hour <laughs> wait period. That's right. Right. You can't camp out at the movie theater. So nope. Doing it at home. He's just sitting in front of the TV. My kid, who <laughs> does not really understand Star Wars yet, thinks I'm a weirdo, but fuck him. That's all right. <laughs> He's got to, just got to get used to that. Yep. When's it, when's it out? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh. Oh. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so don't plan on any security next week. <laughs> As you can hear, we're back with Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the Cyberware podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans. Please never mind the garbage truck going by in the back. Uh, co-host of the social engineering podcast with Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. And finally, he's the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. And let's get back to this Obi-Wan thing, because I thought it was next month. I'm, I'm losing my mind. You are. Mm. You are wrong. Mm-mm. So, yes. Oh. No, Buzz Lightyear is next uh, month. I got it confused with the boys. Uh, <laughs> uh, did not get the boys and Buzz Lightyear confused. No, it's definitely okay. two no, distinctly no. different shows. So we talked last time about that Apple Superdrive, and lo and mm-hmm. behold, you can still buy them on the Apple website. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, as I, I think I shot a note to you that said, I wonder how much of uh, devices like this sticking around are because of the needs of the educational market, who are you know still probably slinging interactive CD-ROMs in or, front of their students, or right? you know, our, 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 <laughs> or our right. nuclear weapons, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. True. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Both ends of the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I thought about that after you sent me that, and I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Mm -hmm. Probably, yeah, like all those those bootleg copies of Encarta that they have stuck in their desk. Yeah. I just think about how many projects I have that are on either CD-ROMs or DVDs that were archived that are slowly bit rotting away, and, yep. and yeah. you know, I'll never know. I was going to say you have zero because they've all rotted out now. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I did yeah. mine like 10 years after, like I got my first CD ripper, I think in like 97, 96, 97. And in 2003 or four, I started to pull the stuff off of them and they were half dead already. Hmm. So, wow. I don't know if anything's going to last that long. So, which is a perfect segue into the backup uh, topic that we have talked about in the past because I think I have mm -hmm. cracked the cracked the nut finally. Mm -hmm. hmm. I finally said screw it because I found out that there is a three terabyte option for Dropbox now. <laughs> now hmm. three terabytes basically covers everything that I that I care about that anybody after I'm dead will give any fucks about whatsoever. Hmm. I think a thumb drive could cover that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a post-it note. <laughs> That just says, feet, please feed the dogs. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. Um, but uh, after after the hospital visit, I've just been doing a lot of thinking. So I've now decided to optimize for my demise, which means that. Catchy. Um, yeah, I thought so. I thought, you know, I can. I can OMD. Get a couple, uh, You'll have to I can, fight with the band for that. But, you know. <laughs> OMD, right. <laughs> Secrets. Uh, I just, when I was in the hospital, giving all of my passwords and information to my roommate just in case anything happened. It's like, okay, here's this, here's that, and then I'm just I'm sitting there in the hospital, thinking like, oh God, what about the servers? What about the photos, family photos, all this stuff? And I'm like, I really don't care about that. <laughs> I don't want to be thinking about that anymore. Uh, mm. So I'm like, here's what it, here's what it is. It's Dropbox. Everything just goes into Dropbox. Period. It's got enough space. I was doing it with, I had it spread out over multiple cloud services. You know what? No, there's no need because <laughs> these guys are, it's solid enough at this point. Everything can stay there. You set it for online access only. So it doesn't take up all your hard drive space in the past couple days with my gigabit internet access, which I love you. I love you, AT&T. <laughs> the only time I'm ever going to say I love you, AT&T, is when I have my gigabit. I put up like two and a half terabytes of photography. Hmm. It just goes now. So that has let me put everything there. And I'm just, I'm trying to get everything optimized, like I said, for my demise. So I never have to worry about again, like where that paperwork is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where's the articles of incorporation? Where's uh the dog paperwork, all that stuff, it just gets scanned. Everything's in Dropbox. And mm. I'm, you know, setting up a will with my attorney because there's a few things that have to happen. The first thing, and the reason I'm putting this in on Dropbox, another issue is that you can make things very shareable because one of the caveats in my will is that when I'm gone, all of the photography that is available becomes public domain. And that's just mm. something I wanted because I've got a lot of photography from, you know, going back to the 80s. 
mm-hmm. which, you know, could be a good historical record for somebody somewhere down the line, free artwork. Right. Um, and just, just that process. So I'm just keeping that in mind. So if I just the beer truck, you know, if I get hit by a beer truck, it doesn't inconvenience the people that are still here. I want to be as less, I want to be, I want to leave no trace as it were, except a bunch of photos that you can go put on your Instagram sayings. <laughs> That's all. So do you have an envelope that's labeled in the event of my untimely demise that you keep for your roommate or your lawyer that has your Dropbox password or how are you managing that? Uh, currently, it's a thumb drive with, a, with some okay. you know, notes and instructions in it. Uh, and there, okay. are three, there are three of those that, that exist right now. One here, one remote, and actually one in my briefcase because it's going to go to my attorney. <laughs> it's going to stay there. And then I'll just update those if anything changes. But the other the other thing I'm I'm looking at is setting up some kind of family plan just to have another account that can have access that isn't the main account. So if that password changes, which it will at some point, that there is a an mm-hmm. account that is that's not logged into that has a very secure password that, you know, has has never really been on the internet besides creating the account and that's it. So trying mm-hmm. to, you know, still working out the working out the logistics of it. But that mindset is kind of what because we talked about losing files and backups and all of the crap that goes with it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to trying to get it to the point where we don't think about that anymore, because there's a lot more important things to think about. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great if you can optimize that. I think that's a great idea. Do you, I mean, do you feel as though three terabytes will, will do it or or are you setting yourself up for a who could possibly need more than 640K on their computer <laughs> situation, you know? <laughs> what I'm going to end up doing is splitting it to uh, three terabytes for me, three terabytes for business. Um, okay. Actually, the, the, the business account can go up to 10 terabytes, which is, which is good because I've got client backups. The client files go there because I don't care if those go away over time. I'm only keeping those as mm. convenience for them anyway, and I'm a pack rat. Right. I, 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 have, right. I have a hard time deleting somebody else's work when they don't care about it even. I'm like, someday you're going to yeah. want this. Trust me. Trust I, me. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's half of, you know, uh, my Synology right now is filled with client work. So that stuff gets pushed off so that can go away. But the family stuff, you know, movies, photos, documents, that stuff is all in one main account that mm-hmm. is just purpose built for that. I'll tell you one thing my family did was we created a Google Photos account that is a family account that everybody has access to if they want to toss their photos in there. Mm. So. Anybody in the family can put any of their photos in here and it's shared with everyone. And so that way there's an archive of the photos for the family. You know, nothing – I mean you have, obviously you have to be careful that things don't automatically get uploaded <laughs> there because that can yeah. be embarrassing. But um, it's been a good resource and, um, you know, particularly when you're in that mode in life where – People are passing away and things like that. It's nice for everybody to be able to go through there and and uh, see things quickly and having just like the facial recognition to say, where's all the photos of dad or where's all the photos of, you know, Uncle Bob? And anybody yeah. can go in and do that. Yeah, so. my wife and I should do that it's with free. our photos. We haven't gotten that far. We do. We use Dropbox. We have a, a Dropbox uh, folder that's shared between the two of us and that's got – all our legal documents, mortgage paperwork, all that sort of stuff. And then it's also got a password file, you know, this text file with here's the basic accounts, here's what you need to use, here's here's we, you know, retirement on Dropbox. here. All, yeah, all that's on Dropbox. Ooh, scary. I don't keep the passwords on. You, you know what you can do now, though? 
since you're a one password user, you can set up different vaults that uh, can be shared after and things like that that are a little more secure than just a, te- a, a text file with passwords on Dropbox. Yeah, it's an ongoing battle to get my wife onto one password so I can act- we can actually share things that way. But these are things that actually, you know, we both access quite frequently. So that's the problem. Mm. So I, I could just kind yeah. of push her into one password. I know it shouldn't be sitting on Dropbox, but we also, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah. You do the best you can yeah. with the with the people that you've got to work with. Something about cobblers right. and shoes and children somewhere, I guess. Yes. Oh, and it's better than having nothing at all. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, I wanted to uh, provide a brief update on my 5K iMac uh, to 5K monitor project. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which has gone mostly well. I've, I, have, I have run into one glitch. Uh, so the teardown went fine. The rebuilding went fine. It works fine. Um, interesting little tidbit that when I plug the monitor into my MacBook Pro, it comes up in the you know displays control panel, and it says 5K iMac, hmm. which huh. is kind of interesting. Kind of, <laughs> I, I'm yeah, guessing cool. that. Be- yeah, I, I'm guessing. I've thought about it. I think because the because the operating system will run on a 5K iMac, it probably something in there just says, "Oh, I know this resolution. You know, that's a Retina display at this, so that's probably a 5K iMac." And mm. and it it's that that that's how I I suspect it's getting its hooks in there to to figure out it's a 5K iMac display. Right. But we'll uh, it works fine. Yeah, I I don't know. It's good good as it's as good an explanation as any. Um, yep. It works fine. It looks great. Uh, there is one glitch that I think. Um, may end up biting me in the end. And uh, yesterday I hooked it up here in my studio um, to see how it works and it fired up fine and it powered up fine and everything looked great and I was getting a low-level hum in my studio monitors. Uh-oh. Mm. Like, a, like a 60 hertz hum. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm thinking, crap. <laughs> right. So I go through the dance that you always do when you have hum, which is you start moving your cables around. You know, is there is there a cable crossing paths with a power supply? Is there yep. you know, all that stuff that we all know how to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm going through and I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe, um, you know, the way that I have the cables strapped down on the back of the monitor here to secure them, I have the monitor cable running next to the power cable. And it's a pretty beefy power cable because – this 5K monitor draws some mm-hmm. juice. Um, so I separate them. No, still humming. And then I think about, oh, inside the monitor, I kind of strap these two cables together as strain relief, mm-hmm. right? And I'm guessing that these two cables being in proximity to, with each other is what's causing the hum. Right. Here's the problem. How do you open up a 5K iMac? Sledgehammer? It's glued shut. It's glued shut, right? So part of the kit that I got to do this whole job was I got a a kit from iFixit that include new strips of adhesive to glue the glass back on the aluminum case. So if I want to go inside to even see if it's the problem with these cables – I got to pry the glass off. I got to get new glue. I got to get all that kind of stuff. So, and this is how projects tend to peter out. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to I want to get the advice from you guys. Do you think that I'm likely on the right path here that it is these two cables being in proximity to each other is likely what's causing my hum? 
It sounds reasonable. And you've narrowed down the fact that it is the monitor causing the hum. Yes. Just to, just to be certain monitor. here. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It is that monitor causing the hum for sure. Have you tried one of those power cleaner plugs that you can get to plug the main power into and it's supposedly... Yeah. Yeah, whips out. I have. Okay, so I have. I have actually okay. tried. I tried plugging the monitor into different outlets. I tried plugging it into a power conditioner. I tried okay. running an yeah. extension cord to put it on. A have different... you turned it off and turned it back on again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Did you wait yes, the full ten seconds? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I think you've done you've, all this. Stuff. You've narrowed it down to a likely, a likely culprit. I think so. So, and I think you need to see yeah. this through, Dave. Well, here, here's the thing. <laughs> so I have two options: either I take it apart, try to figure it out, put it back together, or I relegate this monitor to some location where there are no external speakers. Bingo! <laughs> right. There my, we go. That's my other option. <laughs> There's the winner. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think this is how right, men come to a consensus. <laughs> yes. Good, thank good you job, very Dave. much. You finished. Yay. When all else fails, lower your standards. Yes. <laughs> it's always worked for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I, I am. Uh, if any of our listeners have any suggestions here, I would love to hear them. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's where things stand. And uh, I've for, so for the moment, I've put the project aside while I think about it. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. Yep. Uh, there we so go. it's a, as they say in the military, it's an incomplete success. <laughs> uh, other uh, things before we get to some security, some security stuff. I'm going to see the Top Gun Maverick movie tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous. I, have I would to love say, to. I am excited to see it. The reviews are very good. Uh, probably similar to the two of you, I was a junior in high school when the original Top Gun movie came out. I remember going to see it in the movie in a packed movie theater in the summertime and how exciting it was. And I have to say, given all of the crap going on in the world and in my life right now, I am looking forward to two hours in a dark room full of strangers just being somewhere else. And I think this movie is exactly that. So... I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, it's Please you know do. not not my kind of thing, but the reviews are great, and I, I I would like to see this as well at some point. So I'm with you. Yeah, at this point, I'm too old to sign up to be a naval aviator, but uh, and my eyes are bad anyway. But but you uh, can wear the sunglasses, yeah. Dave. That's right. Get yes. myself a bomber jacket and and uh, cosplay as a as a, a naval aviator. Why not? Probably easier to put that together than the stormtrooper outfit. Just saying. <laughs> right. Uh, so Dan wrote in, hi guys, loving the show. You briefly mentioned the ability to delete orphaned or forgotten accounts in last week's show with Dave. I recently used the services of mind.com, which is an automated tool to contact customer service of websites that have accounts associated with the emails you provide. It worked really well for me. I had over 80 customer service departments email me back confirming account deletion. I am in the UK, so this may be a GDPR thing though. So I was intrigued by this and immediately went to go check it out. Uh, Mind.com is not that site or service. I had to Google around a bit and found it. It's actually saymine.com. And unfortunately, Hmm. it requires access to your email account. And right now, they only support Google, Microsoft, or Yahoo. So first off, you have to trust this company enough to let them troll through your email. And secondly, it has to be a Gmail, Microsoft, or Yahoo account to be able to use the service. Uh, I don't use those. I've had my own, you know, custom domain and mail server for as long as God has had email. And uh, so uh, this is not of any use for me whatsoever, unfortunately. But sounds 
good, I guess, if you trust them enough. I guess, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it works. That That is a tremendous amount of trust to put in a third party, but... Hey, yeah. you only live once, right? <laughs> What's how bad could it be? What's in the Eula? Yeah. What's in the Eula? Yeah. So, I I do not allow any third parties access to my email account, and will no. will never do so. So, sounds like a great service, but want one that doesn't have to go through my email account, or at least maybe I could just yeah. forward emails to it or something. That would be something maybe. I would try. So, mm-hmm. there you go. And uh, we got uh, another week, more news about Clearview AI. This time they were fined 7.5 million pounds and told to delete all UK facial recognition data. So there you go. Uh, It was ordered to stop obtaining the data of UK residents and delete any it had already collected. And uh, they noted that the company illegally collected more than 20 billion facial images for its database. Although they no longer offer its services to UK organizations, the company has customers in other countries. So the company is still using personal data of UK residents. And uh, that's what they got them on and what they're suing them on. And I don't know how they're going to, you know, make sure that this is all scraped out of their system. But uh, hopefully it will be. And uh, hopefully this company Mm -hmm. will eventually find themselves out of business. But that's a lot of hopes. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and as this article points out too, they recently settled with the ACLU uh, to not do facial recognition in the U.S. other than for law enforcement, and yeah, which is kind of all a big deal. You know, that's that's a big uh, carve out, but still, yeah, uh, there seems like they could be on the decline. Yay! Um, you know, these conversations about uh, deletion and GDPR and all that kind of stuff led me down a little mini rat hole. And, and I know I'm risking retreading old ground here. But um, <laughs> one of the articles uh, that I found that I thought was interesting was about the whole notion of definitions of deleting versus erasing and how those are not the same thing. As you all have both pointed out many, many times, setting visibility to zero is not the same thing as actual destruction. Yes. Um and this article talks about, from a legal point of view, what the differences are. Uh, so some of our listeners might be interested in that. The other thing I was wondering about was about backups. In other words, if I back things up, stick them on a shelf in my locked closet at my place of business, mm-hmm. and someone comes to me and says, I want you to delete all my data, am I obligated to go through every single one of those backups and delete the person's data on those backups, or am I obligated to delete it if the time should come when I try to restore from those backups? I don't know the answer to that, but I just thought it was interesting. To My think understanding about. is yes, uh, at least as far as GDPR is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we deal with that <clears throat> quite a bit with with the company that I'm working at right now. We have GDPR procedures. Um, we don't. Uh, we we do. You know, we have to go through and remove them everywhere. And I, wow. I asked about backups, so. And apparently, yes, that's if you're if you're being strict GDPR compliance, you have to take it out everywhere if somebody requests. That seems like that's, a heavy lift. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure most people aren't GDPR compliant because of these sorts of things. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a lot. You know, and that's the problem with backups and restoring from backups, right? Because who's going to remember? Because one of the other things about GDPR is not only do you have to remove all the records? Then you have to get rid of the record of the person requesting that you took out, that you remove them, right? Because you can't mm-hmm. keep any information about them. You can't, have a, you can't have a file that lists everybody that requested GDPR removal. 
you have to get rid of the request. So if you're yeah. restoring from backups, that's a hell of a loophole. <laughs> yeah, that's just a that's a messed up. Just just think about it. You know, you got SQL dumps out the wazoo. You're doing 20 SQL dumps an hour. You got to go through and remove somebody from how do you how do you even do that? You know, mm -hmm. I don't I don't even understand how, how you would do it. Well, without <laughs> without destroying the integrity of the, the actual dump, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to you're going to change. I don't know insert IDs and things like that. It's going to be, you know, if anybody uh, out there is a data scientist working at any of these big companies, I'd love to hear about how you deal with it. I guess you yeah. just have to, you could, you probably could do a find and replace and just replace the, uh, you know, just replace the data with redacted or null or something, but, or removed. But by then do GDPR. you have to have, do you have to have some sort of metadata, metadata log that says, Hey, we removed this bit of data. Here's why this has been nulled out. I, I think if, if that's your policy is to you know just replace everything with generic placeholder text, then you would you should know that that's what it is. I don't think you'd mm -hmm. have to even like write back to your own terms of service. <laughs> Wait, what are yeah. we doing here? Let me let me check our terms. Uh, I think from yeah. just an engineering point of view, I think if you just say you know removed thanks to GDPR, that would be good enough. Hmm. And that would at least leave mm -hmm. most of it intact, unless there's some kind of restrictions with string lengths and things like that, which could be part of a, you know, part of an import. Like if you're re-importing and you change the length of a field, is that going to break your import? I mean, there's so many things to think about. My head's starting to hurt. The last thing I have for us uh, this week is, I don't know, kind of fun. Um, there's a new ransomware group that are calling themselves the Goodwill Ransomware Group. And uh, they come in, they find your vulnerabilities, they lock up your stuff. And if you want to get your data back, you have to do some good things and, and share the good things you've done on social media. So, for example, you have to go and donate some money to some needy people or clean the park or just do good things and share your good things on social media. And the Goodwill Ransomware Gang will see the good things you've done and in exchange, they will unlock the stuff that they have ransomed. And uh, yes, this is silly, but uh, welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. Oh, what a bunch of assholes. <laughs> bunch of assholes. I, I, well, I think Goodwill I think Goodwill's going to get hunted. That's what I think. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> you know, I thought about a potential um, business model for ransomware folks, which, which was to basically have your ransomware be nuisanceware. Where mm -hmm. all you did was you went in and you compressed a few key files and you just said, look, five bucks, I'll give you your stuff back. And then you just make your money by volume, right? And so right. it's not a big enough thing that it's going to put anybody out. It's probably not a big enough thing that you're going to be attracting a whole lot of attention from law enforcement. So just this whole notion of nuisanceware rather than something really destructive or – I don't know. Who knows? I mean, but then I guess the, the downside is you could be turning off someone's insulin pump and then, you know, bad, bad yeah, stuff. Happens, because they but... didn't clean up a park. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. And by the way, isn't nuisanceware just Microsoft? Mm. Clippy. Zing. Zing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. I think plenty the blood of sugar's low. Mm. <laughs> All right, guys. That's what I got. I, 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 so before I go, let me just say. Mm -hmm. I feel the need, the need for speed. 
You're going to have a hell of a couple days. You're going to have that, and you're going to have Obi-Wan. We're going to have a... I listen, I deserve a break. Yes, I agree. And I I think there will be no no security whatsoever next week. It's not a contest. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a contest. We all have hardships and challenges, but uh, I'm looking forward to just unhooking my brain for a few hours and and just... uh, I hope it takes your breath away. Closing shout outs! Over at Patreon... Nobody signed up this week. You guys do know you get high-resolution, ad-free, early-release episodes over at Patreon, don't you? Yeah. Don't you? Well, you do now. There's been activity at Patreon, though, but it's kind of keeping us stable. Like, some people increase their donations. We really appreciate that. Some people have decreased their donations. We understand hard times out there. You must be working for Uber. We get it. So... Mm-hmm. fluctuations yep. but stability over at paypal we've got john andre tom mark joseph ajinka thomas and humphrey and over at our tip jar we've got ross joshua daryl and ashley Woo-hoo. yeah thank you everybody that donates honestly we we really 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 do appreciate it and it does keep the show going so without that we would be i don't know what would we be brian lonely because we wouldn't be talking to each other every week well, we probably would be anyways, <laughs> which is a depressing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got a quick update on my studio slash office space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, did I mention on the show that I talked to their retention specialist last week? Uh, no, but I do love a good retention specialist story. Okay. You're going to love this one. So it is funny. I So I'm at Spaces, which is a Regis company for my my little office now. And somebody on Discord said... You're with like, you know, one of the devils of real estate. It's mega corporation, horrible to deal with. And now I found out, yes, that is true. Yeah, you should be with the Philbin company. <laughs> Seriously. Come on. At least you, that was the funny half of the the duo. <laughs> so I had this pace and I was looking to get another space in the building to build out a studio. Blah. It didn't work out. So I canceled my office and I found a new place. Talk about that in a second. But when I canceled, their retention specialist got on with me and um, I'm like, okay, well, you know, this other thing's going to, might not work out. So what if I do a six month with you? What kind of deal can you give me on a six month commitment? And she said for a six month commitment, we can div- give you the deal of $180 a month more than you're paying right now. For that Ooh, same what a deal. <laughs> what if I do a year? Well, we can get that to $75 more than you're paying now. <laughs> and I'm like, you do know how negotiations work, don't you? I give you more of a commitment. You give me a deal. The, the, this is not going the way it's supposed to go. It's like the Sirius XM model. I know. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to pass. I think we're good. We're just going to cancel and I'll go about my merry way and you guys have a good time. And then the retention special, the, the self-appointed retention specialist at my branch decided to take it upon himself to uh, try and get me another deal. And so he got it down to, if I do a six month, it will only be $85 more. <laughs> and if you quit now, we'll only charge you a $75 exit leaving fee. I know. And they've already got like almost $5,000 of mine locked up in, in um, you know, holding fees yeah. that you can't get for another month and a half after you're gone. It's it. They live on interest is what they live on. Right. They're just, they don't care if those offices are open or closed, I swear. So in doing so, I went and I found a new office space. All right. It costs twice as much as what I'm paying now, which is not an insignificant amount of money. But for that, 
I get over 10 times the space. So, if everything goes according to plan, by tomorrow I should have in my hot little hands the draft of a lease for the new studio space that I'm going to be open up, which is a 1,200-square-foot studio space in Woodland Hills, California, mm-hmm. that anybody will be able to come and record at and keep the lights on. All right. So I'm setting up I'm, – I'm actually setting up – the way the place is laid out, it's got two giant rooms – so I'll have two separate studios mm-hmm. uh, for you can do video and audio and video in one audio only in the other one. And the reason I knew this place was perfect is the guy I, I walked in there and it was dead quiet. And I'm, I'm sandwiched in between the 101 and Ventura Boulevard. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know that that is not a quiet place to it's have a, a studio. It's a loud area. Yes. I walked into that room and it was it was like going into a treated um, movie studio. If you've ever been in one, you know where they where it's treated for the acoustics and it just sounds like your head's going to explode. Mm-hmm. It was like that kind of quiet. And and as I'm like videotaping the place, going this this might work. The guy's like therapists used to be in that office, and there are apparently sound requirements for therapists' office, so they yes. can't here in the other offices. So they've had all of the the floors and the walls and the ceiling soundproofed. Nice. If that wasn't a sign, I'm just like, I'm, I'm in, I'm taking it. I'm taking <laughs> it. But the main plan is once, once you get the lease signed, get everything started to move in, I'm going to start doing, um, have some interns over. So I'm going to teach people some of my editing techniques and things like that in person with the hopes that down the line, we'll have jobs because I'm still turning down editing jobs day in, day out. So if we can get some people in there, we can have some jobs. We can have a cool place to hang out. We can have, you know, Grumpy Central here in the San Fernando Valley. So All right. keep your fingers crossed for me, please. If you get up to 50 employees, we can sell it for $150 million. Dude, I got the space. I just got to get those those uh, bed racks from the from last episode. So yeah, we can, yeah. Little cube farms. <laughs> I got enough room. We can have, you know, half of the room will be studio. The other half will be birthing. <laughs> you know, you can just get in your birth and sleep in between <laughs> shifts of editing. <sighs> and then we'll have you grinding for Golden Warcraft in the other room. You know, we're just going to have our own little sweatshop going on. It's going to be perfect. Awesome. And it's uh, too bad you're not going to be here in the States in June. Um my friend Jordan Harbinger, my mm-hmm. ex uh, ex boss, he's doing his first live show in Venice in Venice on June thirteenth. So I'm going to go down there with some buddies. I think Fogarty's going to come up from San Diego. Uh, Ryan Holiday is going to be the guest. So if you like Ryan, come on down. It's twenty five bucks. Doors at six. It is at the Venice West. Uh, tickets are at jordanharbinger.com slash tickets. There's a link in the show notes, but come on down and say hi. I'll be there. Sadly, I'm going to miss that because I'm not going to come in until the following month for the summer. But uh, the breaking news for me there is the Venice West is finally opened. That that had a sign on it coming soon for about, oh, I don't know, six years. Wow. Um, obviously pre-pandemic. So nice to hear that they've actually managed to open it up for uh, for events. Good. Yeah, I I never heard of it even. So that's because it's, a nice it's venue. never been open. So let me know how it looks. <laughs> yeah, like, I will. I yeah. will. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoyed the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Just look for that little share button in your player. 
Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 555. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. (laughs) 